0: Welcome to another episode of the Edges and Sledges Cricket Podcast. I'm your host this week, Ashwin. We have another full house with DJ joining us from London and Varun joining us from Singapore. So, gents, at the time we record this, we are four days away from the first test match of the India-Australia series Barun, let me come to you. Are you excited yet? It feels like we've gone from IPL to some ODIs and T20s. and But really, the build-up has all been for this test match, hasn't it? This test series.
1: Yeah, and more importantly, because this is the only test in which Virat Kohli is playing. So it's a, it's a big one for India. I think India is going to struggle a little bit through the tests, especially without Kohli. And I was reading somewhere that Anil Kumble said that, you know, if India wants to repeat what they did two years ago, they got to come out strong in the first test. So I think a lot of us are uh, more than the test series, looking forward to the first test. And uh, hopefully India puts up a good fight.
0: Yeah, I mean, you jumped uh, right into it. And already starting to set the expectations a little bit low for yourself. But DJ, let me come to you. Have you had a chance? We're going to double click on all this. But have you had a chance to follow the the practice matches at all? Or has it been a little bit crazy for you? You're just saving and gearing up for the for the actual test?
2: So, i managed to watch some of it because with the time zones and it's a day-night game, right? So, I get to watch the second half of the day because it starts at about 3.30am for me here. But uh, the second half of the day is about 7 o'clock, 8. 8. So, I, I've been managing to catch some of it. i managed to watch some of the bowling, which was fantastic. And then i managed to watch um, the end of day two, which, oh my God, like, I mean, what a show by Rishabh Pant, right? So we'll talk about all of this. But uh, yeah, I've been managing to catch bits of it, bits and pieces.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, No spoilers. Don't get ahead of it. So let's, before we get into the test match prep and the practice and egg matches, and again, we're going to spend the rest of this episode previewing the Adelaide test, the first test match, the pink ball test, all of that. Really quickly, last time we joined you, two of the T20s were over. India had sealed the T20 series. Varun, let me come to you. The third T20 was happening. I asked you, I think I remember on last week's show, are we going to, you know, rest some guys, come in with the opportunity to just give some new guys some, uh, some game time and say, whatever, we've won the series. And you said, no, we're going to play our full strength squad, go in for the kill, try to win the series 3-0. They did that. They went in for the full strength squad. Unfortunately, came in a little bit short. Do you think that was, in hindsight, that was the right idea? Yeah, I mean, I think I think India had to try and win it, right? It's, it's
1: Like we said last episode, it's a momentum game. And so they, they did well. One can't help but think that, you know, like the the both the ODI and the T twenty series were two one uh with the series one before the third match was even played. It wasn't as one-sided as I think the score line uh, initially suggested. But I think it was it would have been a good opportunity for India to to do a 3-0. Uh, Australia hit 186, which in in t T twenty is always a good score, but India had chased a higher score down. And so I did have expectation that India could do it. Unfortunately, you know. You know, I'll just talk through the match a little bit. But India lost Rahul early on. And I think as fans, we're not used to seeing that often. Rahul is the guy who's more stable. He gives us a quick start. He scores quickly. And so, you know, that was a bit surprising. Kohli, I felt, you know, played well for 85 or 61. But one can't help but think he you know just padded a little bit slowly in the middle. And that kind of caused... Uh, Samson, and et cetera, to to maybe try some rash shots. So I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves, but I really wish India had pulled off the third or
0: T20 as well. So you've already hit on the point that I really want to just talk about, right? So we're not going to recap the whole match or anything. But Kohli walks in in the third ball of the innings, builds a decent partnership with Shikhar Dhawan. They were batting at about nine runs and over, exactly where you want to be. And then Dhawan gets out. This is what's really interesting to me, right? Kohli batted 85 of 61, which alone is not enough to have won the won the match, right? The rest of the team needed to bat faster than him. DJ, I feel like we've talked about this all the time in the context of KL Rahul, or even Shikhar Dhavan at some points in the IPL. Are they batting too slowly and as a result putting more pressure on the other guys, right? Because you could look at it the way Varun has, but you could also look at it and say, Samson is playing rash shots whether he needs to or not. Ayer got out on the first ball. Arzik Pandya came and made a few runs, but like, I don't know. Do you blame the guy who makes 85 runs and consolidates because nobody else batted well? Uh, Or how how do you think about that?
2: Yeah, it's a a classic question, right? Like, I've, I for one, find it very hard to understand why you need an anchor in T20 cricket. And there's been a lot of discussion around this during the IPL as well, where uh, you had these guys coming out and saying the comments like strike rate is overrated. And you had Padikal and Kohli and Rahul and all these guys playing this anchor role. And I just think that this is a, a mode of a batting which is just going to be outdated very, very soon. You're going to have… I mean, look at how England plays T20 as well as one-day cricket, right? It's go, go, go. And you can see that with Owen Morgan as well. When he comes in with KKR at like 20 for 5 or whatever that they usually were this season, he would come out and start swinging because it's T20 cricket. It's There's no point uh, batting 60 balls for 85 runs, right? I mean, you're, you're only scoring at 8.5 and, and over. And that does put a lot of pressure on other people. It's overly cautious, almost, is what I think. And like, see how the West Indies play their cricket. There's, who's their anchor? I don't know. Everybody's a six-hitter. Everybody hits big there. And they're the world champions, right? England have won the ODI World Cup playing in that manner. So, I think it, it's a strategy that really needs to be looked at. I think you can have at most one player in the team which does that. Maybe a Kohli. You can't have a Rahul and a Kohli and a Shikhar Dhawan, all of whom play that same role, right? So I think India need to look at it. They've been successful in the past. They won 10 in a row, 10, 10 on the bounce. But uh, questions will still remain whether this is the right approach to be taking in a 120-ball game.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, you're talking about T20, obviously. Not the greatest time to be alluding to the West Indies who are really, really struggling in tests. But I know, totally different formats. It's just interesting to draw parallel to a side that's been been struggling. But... Farun, let me ask you then before we wrap up the T20s. At the end of the match, Australia won two one. So you know, India has won the ODI series two one. Australia has won the T20 series. Or in, sorry, Australia won the ODI series two one. India won the T20s two one. Hardik Pandya gets given the man of the series, and then this image starts doing the round, where Pandya actually gave the man of the series trophy, you know, in spirit to. Uh, the newest member of the squad, natrajan, who had a great IPL, who's broken through, made, who made his debut, and you know, posted on social media, talked about how natrajan you should have won the man of the series. You were my man of the series. Was that just a great gesture, or or how did you feel watching that?
1: I mean, I think Hardik has learned over the years. He's got his PR moves. It it was a genius move on his part. Everyone's talking about how he's matured since he's had a baby and. So I mean I I personally I thought this was gonna happen either way. Like I knew that Pandey will get it and I had a very strong feeling he'll give it to Natrajan. So in interesting, I mean, if look without trying to be overly uh, you know, pessimistic about it, I think it was it was a nice gesture. It was something that was a nice gesture, but did I expect it? Yes, I did expect it.
2: Can I can I just add That's to that really have you seen the meme which says aaya? <laughs> I haven't yet, <laughs> but I saw you post it on Twitter. Which is great. <laughs>
0: Anyway, sorry. No, that was good. All right. So that brought us to a wrap of the T20 series. The test match obviously is coming up soon. I wanted to ask you, DJ, really quickly before we get into the specifics of it. Is it just me or is there a little bit more excitement over these practice matches than there is in normal series? So I was trying to remember, have I always had and watched warm-up matches? Partly, have they always been broadcast? I mean, the, it was playing in the US on Willow, which I watched. The time zones worked for me a little bit to at least watch a couple sessions. Like, is it just because we're so excited because of the lack of cricket for a while and because of the magnitude of India Australia or am i just misremembering and we always watch practice matches and warm up matches
2: no i don't think we did watch uh, warm up matches and practice matches in fact i think we just um, maybe for the world cup or the icc trophies people would go and watch a, a game or two at the ground but it wasn't telecast usually live right i mean like it, it didn't like the broadcaster didn't pick it up it was something you maybe followed on for if you're interested in a particular player and how they were doing. But um, I think it's just... Everything is now box office. Ashwin, you've said it a number of times, right? You're just li- excited to see live cricket back on our screens. And I mean, it's just fantastic to see that. And it's very interesting because we are now watching these practice games and we're making up our minds about the squads that um, the teams are putting out, the playing 11 that should play... There's so much more scrutiny on these practice uh, games this time around. I I, I think the only thing I remember from last time around was that Prithvi Shaw uh, kind of twisted his ankle and not much else from the practice games, right? That was in Australia last time around as well. He took a catch on the boundary and twisted his ankle and was out. Interesting. So, yeah, I mean, I think it is, again, Varun, I don't know if you got a chance to watch this, but
0: I think it is really interesting that we are now starting to pay much more close attention to and scrutiny to the practice games. Obviously, in one case, the match overlapped with the T20, so we had a slightly different squad. But let me ask you before we get into the specifics of the squad for the Adelaide match. Rohit Sharma, right, at the time of recording this, he's actually, I think he's on the plane now. There's a picture of him in a private plane that has been doing the round. He will be flying into Australia today. He will be in a secure facility for 14 days, which means he will miss the first two tests, basically, and around about this time during the second test, he's going to be joining the squad and should be available for selection for the third and fourth test. I know you were pretty passionate about this issue, so just an open-ended question on this one: What's your reaction?
1: Look, as a Indian cricket fan, it's I'm, I'm happy that you know somebody like somebody of Rohit's stature and talent is coming in, especially when Kohli is not there. As a fan, I'm happy. Like I think it'll boost India's chances of putting up a fight. And again, I keep saying putting up a fight. Because I think it's going to be a very difficult series, but from a more generic perspective, I think the drama that is surrounded this, I am I feel pretty sick in my stomach when I think about Rohit just you know rocking up as he feels like showing up when he wants and then just finding his way into a playing eleven in the Test match in Australia. So it's a mixed view, but you you always have to say that people who are so talented sometimes get the benefit, and overall it might be a better result for India.
0: Very interesting. So we are going to use the next part of this show to go into the details of the, the squad. And the way I'm hoping to do this, we'll see if this works or not, is to go through kind of the playing 11. So we're not going to do a deep dive into each of the practice matches. We're going to go to, through the playing 11s and in that process, talk about how the each of those folks have done during the practice matches. So DJ, you posted a poll on Twitter uh, asking basically about the... Open slots, right? We've talked a lot about this. If you go through the, the playing 11, which we will, there's probably five or six slots that are pretty guaranteed. So we're going to spend the rest of the time talking about the, the, the slots for the Adelaide match that are not quite guaranteed yet, all right? So let's start with the openers. Interestingly, DJ, you said, who is the best opening partner for Mayank in the first day-night test? And the way we're looking at kind of the options are, so obviously Mayank, Prithvi Shah, Shubman Gill, who hasn't played test cricket for India yet, KL Rahul or Hanuma Vihari. So let me I'm not asking about the partner yet. Is Mayank Agarwal in your ad guaranteed his opening spot? So again the guy's played 11 test matches the average is 57. I just want to confirm. He, he he by the way did pretty well in the second uh was in the second practice match as well. So is Mayank a, sh- a shoe in for you DJ?
2: Yeah 100%. I mean his performance last time round when he was parachuted in as an emergency opener fantastic opening up in front of the Boxing Day crowd playing a, a nice innings in, a, in an Indian win. Just great. I mean, he's got experience of playing there. He's he's the senior man, almost, so to speak, right? With, with the rest of the contenders there. So, uh, no doubt in my mind that Mayank will be opening the batting come the uh, first pink ball test that we're playing in Australia.
0: Fair enough. So, Varun, let's talk about his partner, right? I think probably prior to going into the practice matches, we would have all been saying Prithvi Shah is probably, he's the incumbent. He's played in Australia before. He made a duck in the first outing. Made 19 runs after that. Looked okay for his 40 runs in the second match, right? I think I was trying to remember how he scored it pretty quickly. At one point, I was watching the highlights. Yeah, he goes 40 of 29. Let's talk about Prithvi Shah. Is he going to open the open the batting with Mayank as we would look at Adelaide?
1: I really hope not. I think Prithvi Shah has been in terrible form he doesn't seem like a guy who's got his head on his shoulders right now. I saw the innings that you're referring to. It felt like he hit 40 of 10 balls and got out on the 11th ball. I really didn't realize it was 29, but uh, rash shots, some just fishing outside the off stump, bowlers were making him drive. He was driving and getting edges to the boundary. So, all in all, I didn't uh, I, I didn't like that innings. I'm I'm really hoping
0: that India does not play Prithvi Shaw. So before I go back to DJ, let's talk about the alternative, right? So in our Twitter poll, which we ran, which was really interesting to see, Shubman Gill got 72%. Rahul was the second pick for opener was at 15.9%. Hanuma Vihari, who's been playing at six, which I have a really interesting question about later. But Hanuma Vihari was the third pick. And Fritzi Shaw was the fourth out of four picks. So who are you going with out of these four guys? It's not Shaw. Out of the other three, who are you going with?
1: I think I would have to say Gill. I think Gill will open and... For me, it's a large part of it is the fact that KL Rahul did not get the second practice match. Now, either his workload has been high right from the IPL through all six games before uh, the test matches start. But the fact that Rahul didn't get a go is surprising to me. His test record has not been that great in Australia and England over the last two years. And Gil, I think, seems more technically correct. I think it's just a matter of time before... Gil finds his way into the test squad. Now, the challenge for me is, is Gil an opener? What happens when Rohit comes back? Is Gil the right replacement for Kohli? Should Rahul play in the test 11 at all? Then there are just too many questions. So that's the first time I'm really stumped. I don't know who is going to open. But if you had to ask me to
0: you know, place a bet, I would say Gil will open. DJ, so we heard from Varun. Gil and Mayank are the opening pair. That also seems to be the consensus in our Twitter poll. Do you agree or do you have a different point of view?
2: I'm not that happy with that, to be honest. I mean, you you mentioned it very briefly about the incumbent being Prithvi Shaw, right? Remember the tour of New Zealand, he was the opener there. He scored two 50s in two test matches in what was otherwise a disappointing tour for the batsman generally. His last test innings is a 50 as well. I think this comes back to that whole point about, you you know, when we go back to the IPL, we think of him getting out in these bad, ugly ways and there are technical errors and this and that. But I mean, even players like Sehwag had all of this, right? Like he was hit or miss. It was four of the first ballers. He was out. Now, when Prithvi Shaw burst onto the scene two years ago with that 100 against the West Indies in 83, 84 balls, whatever it was, everyone compared him to Sehwag, a little bit to Sachin, uh, I think Ravi Shastri I heard recently said he, he walks a little bit like Lara with that swagger. So we saw him bowl today as well, which was interesting. But anyway, coming, coming back to the point, I think, I and I appreciate the Twitter poll says 72% like the look of Gil. Gil looks like a more classical batsman. But the message that you need to give your youngsters is that if you have done well in the last test match, and I focus on the word test match, you should be in the team for the next test match. Where did that leave Karun Nair then? I mean, we've talked about Karun Nair, right? Like he scored 300 and he played a few test matches after that. He he didn't get kicked out immediately. But there are issues with that approach of dropping the youngster and saying, Mm -hmm. you've not done enough to keep your place. But with Prithvi Shaw, particularly, what is the effect going to be on him and his mind? He's played test cricket. He averages, I think, 55 in test cricket at the moment. He strikes at 86 runs per 100 balls. He's that attacking opener in Australia that could send the Australians on a leather hunt all day, like what Saivak did. Remember the Boxing Day Test match, he scored 195, right? If Shaw gets in, that can change the entire dynamic of a match. If the ball is seeming all over the place, he can pull an AB de Villiers and score those runs quickly. Maybe it's edgy, maybe it's going all over the place, over third man and stuff, but It's the mindset that India goes into this test match with. Are you going to go on the front foot? Are you going to attack the Australians? Are you going to back your players to play their natural game? Yes, there are technical deficiencies. I don't disagree with that. But I think he has done enough to keep his spot. And to replace him with Shubman Gill, who he's played along with at the under-19 level, comes with its own problems. That's all I'm saying.
0: I mean, there's a hot take if I ever heard one. Varun, it sounds like you're not quite on the same page. And let me ask you quickly again. We could spend all the episode talking about the openers. Everything DJ said has some validity to it. Where do you factor in form? Right, like Prithvi Shaw had one of the worst IPLs he's ever had. I mean, he, was, he got dropped coming out of the IPL. I was looking at his last few scores. They were like 0, 9, 10, 7, zero, zero, 4. That was the run of scores he was on in the IPL. So everything DJ said is right, but how do you factor in form?
1: Yeah that's what I'm saying I I just I can't see India play 0 for 1 like so many times I think DJ it's fair like Sevag at the start maybe it's a fair comparison but I mean I think Sevag is a different beast altogether like you you don't have another Sevag and Prithvi sure, I I really hope I'm proven wrong I'm not saying he won't get a go but I understand what you're saying I think part of my gut tells me that India may be able to afford either a Shaw or a punt. And again, we'll talk about this later. But, you know, when you've got players who play their natural game and who can lose their wicket very quickly as well, you need to find some
2: sort of a balance.
1: So, yeah, it, it'll be interesting. I, I I can't disagree with what DJ
2: is saying. Yeah, just the last point on that, Varun. I agree with what you're saying as well. So that, that I mean, there is, it's completely, we're, we're all like all over the place and I and I totally appreciate what you're saying. But, It's that point about conflating T20 form with test match batting, right? Which comes back to how India look at various formats and players forms across those formats. It's almost like if Shaw didn't play the IPL, he would have walked into this team. Right? Like Mm -hmm. Cheteshwar Pujara.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you from my perspective, uh, I think what India does make the mistake of conflating test ability with T20 ability. And I hate that. I think form is different. I think form, you're going out there to bat... It's in your head, am I going to get out on the first ball? Am I going to make some runs? Am I going to go for hit a six, et cetera? So I think form is probably transferable across formats. Ability, you shouldn't look at quite that way. I don't know. Varun, do you think that's the same thing or is that overly... Surprising?
1: No, no, I, I think it's fair. I think it's fair. I think it's... I, I'm just probably feeling what every Indian fan or feels or maybe how Indian selectors look at it as well. You're just so disappointed with the way he's played, the way he's thrown away his wicket. And and so I just I just don't want to see that at the international level in Test when it's going to be a very tough fight for us. So I want to see somebody who can you know fight it out, who can spend time in the middle, who can work through the tough phases, take the shine off the ball. I don't want to see somebody flashing outside the off stump as I have for so many years. So there's probably some baggage as well. Um, but but I do agree that if if a Shaw gets stuck in, and we have seen Test matches where. You know the, the the match lasts three and a half days. If one player hits sixty runs of forty balls uh, and gets out, he could be the game changer. So there's no easy way. I think the fact that uh, Kiel Rahul and Shubman Gill are also around, this is this is going to be a very very difficult decision.
0: Right. So we haven't even gotten past the openers yet, but lots of great debate. We haven't even mentioned our favorite player yet, but we're so excited for the Adelaide Test. We're going to take a quick break. We will come right back after this break and talk about the rest of the squad. Welcome back to the Edges and Sledges Cricket Podcast. We're knee-deep in talking about the India playing 11 for the first test match against Australia. So we've talked about the openers. DJ, let me quickly ask you, any debate or question about 3-4-5? I hope not, but Pujara 3, Kohli 4, Rahane 5 for the first test match. Any question?
2: Absolutely not. We can save some time and move on. Just a uh, solid, solid engine room there. Perfect. No question there then.
0: Varun, I'm going to skip the lower order for a second because this is going to be our most interesting topic. And then I'm going to come to the bowlers. So let me first ask you, one of the questions we put it on Twitter as a poll was, what is India's best bowling combination for the, for the day-night test? Is it four seamers or is it three seamers and a spinner? Any think, question on that one?
1: It has to be three seamers and a spinner. I mean, India's strength has always been spin. You know Australia is going to go in with Nathan Lyon. If the match goes to the fifth day, uh, spinners can make a difference. So to me, it's a no-brainer.
0: Let's talk about the first three quicks then, right? Let me ask you again, Varun, before I go back to DJ. Shami looked magnificent, by the way. I was watching the second practice match. He just looked outstanding. I think I went on a, a little bit. Second inning, Shami. Second inning, Shami was genius yesterday. He just looked outstanding with that. So no question on Shami. Obviously, no question on Bumrah, who we've now realized can bat too. Maybe he's a future all-rounder for India. But that third seamer, basically the, the leading... Leaders in contention are Umesh Yadav, Navdeep Sani, and Mohamed Siraj. Arguably, what was really interesting is Yadav won the Twitter poll, but Sani and Siraj were tied in second place on Twitter. So it looks like it's not that clear. Who's going to make that third-seamer spot for you?
1: If I was a selector, I would play Mohammad Siraj, because I think he can get the ball to do something different. Like, we've spoken about this a lot. Yadav and Sani are similar bowlers, just fast. So I would play Siraj. I don't want my third seamer to be picked at five or six runs and over, giving 100, 200 runs in in one innings. I am particularly scared of that. But I have to also say, I think the choice is not great. Between these three, in an ideal situation, I wouldn't play any. So I have a feeling Siraj might get the nod.
0: Interesting. So basically, you're saying we're missing Ishant. For Australia,
1: yeah, of course. I mean, yeah. no doubt. Look at India's bowling for the last few years. You're missing Ishan Sharma. You're missing Bhuvneshwar Kumar as a backup. So yeah, we we don't have our next two, our best two bowlers, and that's why you you've got this debate
0: going on. DJ, Umesh Adav or Siraj Seni for you. Oh man, it's, uh,
2: it's a day that I'm disagreeing a lot with. <laughs> this doesn't usually happen. It's usually you and me that uh, go at it. But <laughs> I, I think it's Omesh Yadav for me. And I'm, I'm just looking at the scorecard of the last day and night test match that we played. Umesh Yadav picked up three in the first innings. And five in the second innings against Bangladesh, admittedly. But I can't see India playing a bowler who is going to be making his test debut in the in the first day and night test match they're playing in Australia. I think Umesh Adav has the experience. He has the class. He's, he does it for long periods in Indian conditions. He has a poor average in Australia, mind you. I think I looked at this a little while ago. He averages just like 45 down under, which is which is poor. Because he bowls a lot on the legs. And he gets picked a lot away. He bowls straighter in India. And, and uh, the wickets are lower and slower. So he doesn't get hit away for four that much. But if he can adjust his line and length to match Australian wickets... I think he walks into the side based on his pink ball experience and his general India experience. So I'm going to go with the uh, Twitter poll result on that one.
0: I mean, anybody who's heard this show enough knows that I'm not arguing that one as well. I'm a big fan of Omeish. I think he can do well with Shami and Bumrah leading the attack. He can do well as that third spinner. That's the seamer, excuse me. So, all right, we've got the openers down. No real consensus there. We've talked about the quicks. No real consensus there. Let's talk about the spinner. Maybe we'll find consensus here. So... Varun Jadhav is out of the running for the first test match, which make might make this decision a little easier. The other two options in the squad are Ravi Ashwin and Kuldeep Yadav. Any question there? No, it has to be Ashwin, no doubt. Okay, so here's where we are so far, right? We got we've talked our opener, we talked our top five, and we've talked our four bowlers, right? Ashwin, Shami, Bumrah confirmed, and then Omesh Yadav. Let's say as our fourth, just because we got two out of three. DJ, before I talk about number six and seven, any final thoughts on Ashwin?
2: Can I just say that out of the uh, Twitter poll, I put Kuldeep and Ashwin and I actually would have loved to see Kuldeep play this game. Again, based on previous form in Australia, he's he's taken a fifer in his last test innings in Australia. And I think we really struggle when it comes to the tail because we don't have a wrist spinner to just get the tail to hit the ball up in the air. And I think it's such an important aspect for test match cricket. So I would love to see Kuldeep play, but I don't think India is going to go down that route. And uh, and the, the logic for Kuldeep playing is also if Vihari plays, he can bowl the spin That Ashwin bowls, Ashwin bowls offspin. So as a pure bowler with um, with experience in Australia, I think Ashwin will make it into the 11. But I would love to see India take that left field call like they did in the first Adelaide Test in 2014 where they played Karan Sharma, I remember. I would love to see them take that attacking call and play Kuldeep Yadav. And give that boy the confidence to toss the ball up on these big grounds and take wickets. Because you know what they say, if it swings and seems, it's going to spin. So, um, if the pink ball is going to move around, it'll it'll spin for the uh, wrist spinner as well.
0: I mean, I don't disagree with what you said about the wrist spin. But on behalf of my namesake, I'm a little offended almost that you compared Hanuma Vihari's off spin to a guy who's got 365 test wickets. <laughs> <Because, laughs> like you said, we can leave Ashwin out because Vihari bowls?
2: No, but it's it's but having different skills for different times, right? Like if you you have an of a part-time off-spinner, so to speak, so you're spinning the ball away from the left-hander in any event.
0: But it's the equivalent of leaving out a part a full-time batsman for Ashwin's batting. You'd never do that.
2: Yeah, but Ashwin's batting has declined, right? For a long time.
0: Oh, no, Vihari's bowling has never been at the level. Like I, that's yeah. just a bizarre comparator. I agree. Yeah, and
1: it's like Vihari is Vihari is going to bowl when Steve Smith is on two hundred and seventy-five. To try and get him out. That's when, <laughs> that's when Vihari is going to bowl. Not that when Steve
2: Smith is on five runs. Yeah, but but I mean, the point there is, do you want Ashwin bowling to Steve Smith when he's on five? Or do you want Kuldeep bowling to Steve Smith? All I was saying is that you have off-spin covered. Right? I wasn't comparing Vihari to Ashwin. That's, as you say, it's an absurd comparison. The,
0: the, the fundamental imp- implication behind that is that off-spin is off-spin. And Ashwin yeah. off-spin is not Vihari off-spin. You can't say you have off-spin covered.
2: Correct. Anyway. Correct, yeah. Yeah,
0: it's. Not, I mean, I don't think it's the same thing. I don't doubt. I have no doubt that to me, Ashwin should play. Obviously, if he has a weak first or first and second test, then think about options. When Jadeja comes back into being fit, that changes the game because of Jadeja's batting. I mean, Jadeja batting at eight is a whole different ball game uh, in terms of giving you batting depth, and he's had success in as a test bowler as well.
1: It felt like DJ saying off spin is off spin, leg spin is Subhanallah.
2: Yeah, but it is because
1: we struggle <laughs> so much against the
2: tail, man. And I mean, if Ashwin can run through the tail, that would be great. Vihari can run through the No, but Vihari's what I'm saying is Kuldeep can run through the tail with his. With this his might be your
0: new, this might be the new, uh, Krunal Pandya's greatest of all time hot take for you to say Vihari's off spin is just as good. But as that's
2: not what I'm saying. So you're putting words into my mouth
0: now. No, that's what you're implying. You're saying we should pick Kuldeep because we already got Vihari to bowl off.
2: If you need an off spinner, you he can bowl off spin, is what I'm saying. But… Kuldeep is the more attacking option because he's a wrist spinner, and we've done that before. And we lack wrist spin in Test cricket. We don't play wrist spinners in Test cricket. This guy's had success as well on debut, so that's all I'm saying. I don't think he will play because India liked to play um, Ashwin at least in the first Test of series. He played last time also first Test match, and uh, he did well as well. So let's see. Right, I'm I'm sort of out of a reaction.
0: I don't have much to say to that one. So all right, we've we've sort of nailed down our openers, our bowlers, our middle order. Let's talk about the lower order. And of course, this comes as a question on the wicket keeper. So I would almost argue this is split down the middle. Our Twitter poll seems to be biased. So we asked who should keep wicket for India in the first India-Australia test, Saha or Pant. Uh, Pant got 75% of the vote. Saha got 25%. Of course, we cannot not talk about Rishabh Pant's phenomenal outing in the second practice match, right? So he comes out. I think there were 20, 22 overs or something left in the day. Vihari is batting on the other end. Vihari gets to a great century. He just looks great. Varun, I don't know if you got a chance to watch this or the highlights, but Pant comes out, starts hitting, and slowly you start to see him get to the realization that he's 81 of 66 balls or 67 balls, and it's the 89th overs. 89 overs are done, so he's got six balls left. He's got to try to go for a century, and the guy hits 22 runs of the last over of a test match day, gets to 103, India declares overnight, etc. I mean, th- what is this guy made of, man? Yeah,
1: that, that was great. I mean, look, I, I did see his first 50 runs, and he was falling over. He was coughing. He was falling over himself. He had a sweep shot and fell to the ground. So, not much has changed. But you can't help but think that Test cricket is where Rishabh is has excelled in the past. The fields are in. He's he's a good batsman. He's got the good hand eye coordination. So, I, I thought his innings in the second game was just great. I do want to also say that I think what will happen is India is going to have to pick between playing a Pant or a Shaw. And both are attacking. Both can kind of take the opposition bowlers um, apart. But I think India is going to have to pick one. And so it, it really come down to who's the opening batsman. If it's Shaw, I have a feeling they'll go with Saha. If they pick Gil, I have a feeling they'll go with punt
0: So let me just quickly ask you before I come to DJ. Is Vihari at six a shoe-in for you?
1: Yeah, it absolutely is. Like, he's, uh, he's, he's done very well. I think... The the challenge in India in Australia is always the top order somehow gets a little bit wobbly and then you need your middle order to consolidate and put on those runs because Australia is gonna hit mammoth totals. So I think Vihari is the right choice at number six. He's done well, it gives you that stability, it gives you that depth, and it almost feels like a VVS Lakshman type situation, right? When he when Vihari is at six, you're feeling a lot of comfort.
0: Okay. So you gave us two options finally. You said Either they'll open with Shaw and then play Saha, either, or they'll open with Gil and play Punt as keeper. You're the, if you're the chief selector, which one of those are you going with?
1: I would play Gil and Punt.
0: Gil and Punt. All right, DJ, let me come to you. First question, before I ask you about the keepers again. Vihari at six, is that confirmed? Or honestly, could you play him at eight or nine because he's more in the team for his spin than his batting at this point for you?
2: <laughs> Can I just say, you're the stats guy. Ashwin in Australia averages 48 with the ball. And what does Vihari average? Well, he hasn't bowled in Australia yet, has he? Oh, I don't know. We can check that. We can check that. But I'm saying he averages 48. So, he's not the best option, maybe.
0: I'm not. It was not a debate about, is he the best option? It was a debate on you saying we should play
2: Kuldeep because Vihari does the off spin that Ashford does. No, I was saying we should play Kuldeep because we can't bowl the tail out ever. And Ashwin is not going to solve that problem. I'm saying also Ashwin will play because of his batting and his 400s and all of that.
0: Oh, Vihari has bowled 35 overs in Australia and averages 47. So he's better oh, than Ashwin. So he is. A
2: <laughs> he's a better bowler statistically, than in Statistically. But Ashwin also had like four tours. Hopefully he's learned, man. Anyway, Vihari. Okay, okay
0: jokes about do you play Vihari at six
2: guaranteed? 100%. 100%. He just scored a 100. Okay. Yeah definitely
0: the re- the reason I'm asking that is there's a small but probably vocal group of people on social media that have been talking about why can't, why can't you play both Saha and Pant could you play Pant at six Saha at seven and then either Vihari gets left out which is unfortunate because he did well or you do the you mess around with his batting order again and you open with Vihari and Mayank and I know you asked that in the poll so you were thinking about
2: it too yeah did because he opened last time right in the boxing day test I think with Mayank maybe I think he did he scored like eight in an hour or something, from what I remember. Yeah, but, I, he, but he, he
0: batted did. really long in that session. Yeah, yeah. Right? yeah,
2: he did He did well for India. But yeah, I, I don't know if India's going to get him to open again. They shouldn't also. Why would you bat him out of space? Yeah. It's unfair to Vihari, I think, to bat him out of position. And he's done well at six. It's a tough position to bat in test cricket.
0: So DJ, let me quickly ask you then. I know we could spend all day talking about this. Pantan Saha are fighting for number seven then. How does your incumbent, I don't remember who played the last time we were playing a test match, right? Obviously, Punt played in Australia, but Saha may have played more recently. How does your strategy or your approach for Shaw and like the incumbent needs to get first dibs, how does that play in here for you?
2: So, I mean, we're obviously biased being the Rishabh Pant show and whatnot. But the conventional wisdom says that Saha is a better keeper. And if Punt keeps, he'll drop catches and that will cost us a lot of runs in Australia. So there's a Crickvist stat that's floating around, which shows that Pant actually has a better catch conversion rate than Saha, right? Which I found very, very, very surprising. And maybe it's unfair on Saha because he keeps on these Indian tracks where bottom edge hits his gloves and it goes down as a drop chance. I don't know. So, but if it's not making a difference on the keeping side, I actually think the guy who bats at six for you it doesn't make a difference whether it's saha or it's pant i mean i'd rather have a pant coming in when it's 200 for 4 and if it's 25 for 4 does it really make a difference whether it's saha or it's pant i i don't think so so for me it's, yes, uh, it's pant right and he was the incumbent and we've messed around with him plus he scored a blistering 100 man that 22 run over was just oh it was love so pure love
0: so varun before before we conclude on our side do you think we would have all felt a little bit differently about Rishabh Pant if he had not made that century in the second match? I mean, I I think, yeah, look, there is a
1: bias, but I think DJ put it really well that if you're 25 for four or even 75 for four to give India a little bit more credit, I I don't think it's going to matter if you're playing Pant or Sahab. But yeah, if you're you're 200 for four, I would have Pant in two. I think DJ just described it perfectly.
0: Final question, and we are going to go through this in a lot more detail, but I have to ask before we watch the first match, what happens when we lose Virat Kohli at number four? Like, how does this all change? Do you mess around with everybody's order? Do you just slot in, I don't know, whichever of Gil or Shaw doesn't play? Do you bring them in it to the number four slot? Do you bring in Rahul just as a like for like replacement? Varun, let me ask you first, what's the game plan there?
1: I have no idea. Like I have never been more confused in my life. I have no idea who's going to open. I I just for the life of me I can't figure it out. Uh, I started having these theories that Vihari will bat at four because he batted at four in all the warm up games. So I really don't know what's going to happen. I think let's 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 get through the first test. Let's see what the opening pair is, and in the next podcast let's let's ask that question.
0: Done. I think what is interesting is that's where my head was, is do you push Vihari to four and then you play both Pant and Saha at six and seven? Gives you a keeping option, but also some batting duck. But we will spend all of next week probably debriefing about as much of the test as is done and talking about that that side. DJ, last question for you on this one. Let's talk about the opposition for a quick second. Mitchell Stark was not in the squad for the limited overs format because uh, of some personal family leave he was granted. We've just heard he's coming back in. Stark, Cummins, Hazelwood. I mean, are we, are we worried about the... I, I don't think there's any doubt, by the way. like They've got Sean Abbott, James Pattinson, and Mitchell Swepson on the side. But I think Stark Cummins, Hazelwood, and Nathan Lyon is the four, right? Any any questions on that for the Australian side?
2: No, I think the, the question on both sides actually will be the batting, right? And, and how that holds up. I mean, India is going to lose Kohli after the first game. Varun briefly uh, alluded to the number four problem, right? So I actually think we'll get... Maybe that's a compromise that struck, that Shubman comes into bat four in the second test and sits out the first test. So Shaw yeah. can keep his opening spot in the first two games. Right? I don't know. I don't know. Who knows what, what is going to happen with this uh, 11. But the batting is the problem for both sides. And I think Australia hold the edge once Warner is going to be back. Until then, anyone's game, man, it's it's going to be a, a, a cracking series. It's I mean, look at the debates we're having already. It's, it's going to be fantastic just watching how the two uh, teams play each other, go at each other's throats.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think just phenomenal. No, I, It's just going to be great. If you can't already tell, we are so incredibly excited. I think it's going to be a great, great, great series. Varun, predictions for the first Test match? Day-night Test match at Adelaide, very, very close. What's your prediction?
1: Uh, I think, uh, think Australia is going to
2: win it.
0: Australia is going to win the first Test match. BJ, let me ask you for that.
2: I think Bumrah is going to make a hundred in the first, uh, his first first-class hundred we, in the Adelaide Test. Maybe
0: Bumrah... I mean, should be bat him up the order then, because Vihari can play low again.
2: <laughs> Bumrah should open the batting. <laughs> Vihari's a new number eleven, like b- like he just swung and amazing. I mean, poor uh, poor guy, uh, Cameron Green got hit in the head. He was looking looking in line for a a, a test um, debut, right? And uh, Bumrah was used to hitting people in the head with the ball, actually. Uh, did some damage with the bat, but in all seriousness, I think it's it's going to be super close. I think India probably hold a slight edge going into the first game with Kohli playing and Warner out, and uh, if they can get the combination right, it sounds like. And and they do they've got good memories of Adelaide, right? They won the last Test match here first time round. So and Ashwin did really well in that game, to be honest. So um, I, I suspect we will go with his off spin in the first game but uh, yeah I, I think india is going to edge the first game like anil kumble wanted us to do and uh, yeah and then the re- that'll set the rest of the series up beautifully
0: there you have it guys We're so excited. It's going to be a great first test match. We could spend all, honestly, we could spend the rest of the day talking about debating the openers, et cetera, debating the lower order. But there are different people than us who have to actually make that decision. One way or another, you can be sure we will be giving some feedback, critiquing it, criticizing it, or praising it if it works out in our favor. But that brings us to the end of this week's episode of the Edges and Sludges Cricket Podcast. It has been a great couple of weeks in the world of cricket with lots more exciting action to come as we get into the holiday season. So thank you as always for joining us. You can get us at social media anywhere at one tip one hand, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Email us, contact at one tip onehand.com. Join our Discord server. You'll find links to that on our Twitter page. We'll put it in the show notes as well. This is our 149th episode. So the next episode, the 150th, we're going to be running a great raffle where we got some prizes to give away, et cetera. So again, check that out. The best way to find all that information is on Twitter at one tip one hand. And we will be back with you next week, hopefully excitedly celebrating India's great start to the to the test series in Australia. Thank you very much.
3: Hello, hello, hello. everybody. It's been another great week on the IBM Podcast Network on what the hell Novia Ja butrehan and Navya herself dish out stories from their childhood. They discuss tough love between parents and their kids. On Paisa Vesa, Anupam talks to Bhaman Irani, President-elect Kredai, and Chairman and MD at Rustamji. They discuss the concept of buy versus rent and how to approach buying property in 2022. On Cock and Bull, Cyrus is joined by Meghnath and comedian Shad Shafi. They discuss their opinions on the ongoing Congress presidential elections and Prashant Kishore embarking on a Padyatra. On The Life Manifesto, Zarina narrates a story that advocates that stress and emotions are not to be controlled but must be beautifully managed. And on the Filter Coffee podcast, Karthik is joined by Yashraj Akashi, Senior Ambassador of the TEDx program and curator of TEDx Gateway. They discuss the origin story of TED and his franchise model. Guys, go to our website, ivmpodcast.com. You can check out the merch store, also links to all of our social media stuff, which is at IVM Podcast. Also, do check out our YouTube channels. We have a number of channels with many of your favorite shows available as full video podcasts. Finally, we'd like to thank our sponsors this week, Volvo XC40 Recharge, Bumble, Heads Up for Tails, and HDFC Mutual Fund. Thank you so much for making this possible.
1: Do you often find yourself surrounded by conversations about Web3, Blockchain, NFTs, DAOs? What are these terms, and how do they affect our future on the internet? So many questions, but don't worry, we've got answers to all your questions. Hi, I'm Eklavya Bhattacharya and on our show, Future Proofing, we try to decode the impact of these future technologies on various industries with experts and tech enthusiasts. Tune into new episodes coming out every Thursday on the IBM podcast app and the website or wherever you get your podcasts from.
3: Working Monday to Friday glued to your chair, making you feel dull? Worry not. Get your 5-minute weekly dose of travel around the world with postcards from nowhere. Join me every Thursday as I explore the strange, obscure, and fascinating parts of the world and bring out facets of travel you may not have thought of before. You can find us on the IBM Podcast app, website, or wherever you get your podcast from.